Well, hello. Oh. Welcome back. We're back. Here we are, episode five. five? Five. Hey, survive five. High five. High five. Four five. <laughs> if you're with someone, give them a high five if the COVID rules. Absolutely. Give, the, uh, give, the, you. give your puppy dog a high five. Give him a little. Give him a poor five. A poor five. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Hey, well, it's great to be back. As And uh, thanks for joining us as we dig a little deeper. Yeah, hope your day's going well and that this is going to be encouraging. Yeah, I think it definitely will be. We've just had a brief discussion about what it's about. Where we might head, yeah, and revisit a concept that was brought up in a message a little while ago that I think people found helpful. Yeah, great. Well, let's let's dig a little deeper. Well, let's dig a little deeper. Let's dig a little deeper. This season, what a cracker. (laughs) What an unusual whirlwind. It has been the last couple of years now. The last couple of years. And, of course, you know, as we're speaking now, um, war in the Ukraine is probably the latest thing, but the the thing that has been affecting us all for a couple of years is uh, the COVID, blah blah blah, mm. and uh, and really some of the things I think that it's affected most are our relationships. Yeah. So it's been a difficult time, a difficult season for all kinds of reasons, and th- obviously that's affected people differently on different levels, uh, and it's sort of surfaced difficult people too. Yeah. Difficulties in relationships. It's it's definitely brought opinions on things and stuff to yeah. the forefront. Yeah. Uh, that have, yeah, I guess, proven to be quite polarizing Whoa. and divisive. Absolutely. And, and mix in there, especially people we feel for you. If you're from Melbourne, we love you. The amount of time you guys oh spend in lockdown. Oh, my goodness. And the, 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 um, Do you think anyone of, from Melbourne would actually be with us? I don't know. Wouldn't that be amazing? I thought it's worth shouting about. Just Shout out case. to Southern, Southern Cousins. <laughs> if you're here, it's great. And hey, Actually, you know what we have not done yet? What? Introduce ourselves. <laughs> or where we're from. We're just a couple of nobodies. So. We said Toowoomba. We said Toowoomba, but not in the context of this is a city in Australia. True. So if, I mean, anyone in Queensland probably gets that. But, yeah. Uh, well, that's a city. I don't know if we need to. Toowoomba is actually the local Aboriginal word for swamp. The yeah. swamp. So we live in the swamp. We live in the swamp. It's got we're a connection to mash. We're basically that way. Shrek. Yeah. Shrek. And that's we're who, Shrek. Who we are. It's, uh, yeah. If you're two older, Shreks, if two you're ogres. if you're older, it's the four oh seven seven mash. If you're younger, it's Shrek. It's Shrek. Except it's Shrek on a hill because it's on top of a mountain. It is. And it's, it's no longer a swamp. It's, it's a glorious mountain. It's fantastic. A beautiful part of the world to live. I've always said this is God's favorite mountain. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. if people haven't picked it up, obviously. You're Chris. I'm Chris. I'm Levi. Yeah. I was born here, raised here, spent most of my life here, seven years in Crow's Nest, one year in Sydney in King's Cross. Mm. And uh, you were born here. Here. Raised by you. Yeah. Seven years in Crow's Nest. My son, Levi. That's right. Father-son, if you haven't picked that up. Father-son combo. There's been a few references that I think should yeah, allude to that. I, I think it's there already. Or they just think that we have a really weird kind of <laughs> yeah, friendship. Or, or they actually <laughs> read the little doovie on the podcast and it says... That's who we are. Yeah, that's Chris true. Chris Mulhair and Levi Mulhair. But that, that was a diversion. I just thought it was meant... I meant, thought it was great. But people in our... Hey, if you're with us, don't you love diversions? That's right. That's random. We, we almost could have called the podcast Down the Rabbit Hole. Down the Rabbit Hole. probably where we'll spend a lot of time. <laughs> That's a great... Oh, gee. It is, but it's, a, we're, we're not going all the no, way. No, we're going to dig a little deeper. We're, we're, we're just going to dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper instead. But, uh, we got on that, that train of thought saying poor people in Melbourne who've been out of social environments for wow, a long time. Wow, so They must got, be loving getting back together. Oh, my goodness. You can only imagine. But the, yeah. the challenges that come up with um, not a great op- amount of time to practice social skills 
And yep. then difficult Boom. people. Yeah. You've got a, a, a it is. there. That's- it is. And I think, look, because of that, one of the one of the results, no matter what side of the fence you've been batting on or whatever, um, one of the results everyone's felt is disconnection, and definitely the temptation. I think the big temptation to disengage. Yeah. To sort of go, it's all just too hard. Mm. This season's too hard. Um, my job's now too hard. Uh, people in my world are too hard mm-hmm. and so to disengage. So we've got, you know, record numbers of people resigning jobs and moving on and maybe even, you know, now that the, the floodwaters have receded and, I mean, that's literal for Queensland and New South Wales at the moment, but talking more about this crisis um, that, you know, relationships have shifted like permanently mm. and people that were once close aren't as close or might never be close again or we just find them too difficult to deal with so we're actually avoiding we're practicing avoidance yeah so i don't know whether that rings true for you maybe it might be you personally or maybe you're just like it's familiar because i'm seeing it yeah and i guess it's in a sense there's nothing new here there's no. always been difficult people oh uh, maybe just this situation and this season has definitely brought it to a forefront yeah. conversation this season has magnified everything mm. you know I, I know in church life it's like areas i said to a pastor this morning i was talking to um that areas that were strong before covid probably came out strong or even stronger and areas that were weak you know, were either destroyed or weakened. Yeah. So what what was strong became stronger and what was weak became weaker. Mm. And um, so I just think that it would be helpful if we had a discussion around um, how do we respond, you know, because I'm not sure disengagement's a great response. Yeah. And it's certainly not probably a good long-term And it's not, a, it's not a, in every situation. Yeah. 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 And I mean, as the church, if we're talking – as believers, mm. which, you know, that's that's our core. If, if that's not your experience, you're very, very welcome. I hope you're getting something out of this too. But we have to engage our world. Yeah. We don't have an option mm. because Jesus called us to reach our world yeah. with hope and power and life. And so we can only do that if we are engaged. Yeah, and otherwise we're just sitting on the, the bus stop waiting for the bus to heaven. Absolutely. Uh, waiting See, hanging to out, me up, Scotty. Hanging out at the rapture bus stop, yes, they used to that's say. It. That's pretty old terminology now, <laughs> thankfully. But, um, you know, I, I think it would be good to have a discussion around engaging and how we engage difficult times yeah. and difficult people. Fantastic. Because that's the season we are in a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit. Um yeah, so I, I just thought we might take, and we might actually go to Scripture. Great. We might go to Scripture today and just to read a bit of a portion of, of Paul's life and journey that I think is a little bit insightful when you dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, yeah. And All right, let's dig a little deeper. That's why we're here. That's that? what we do here. Uh, dig a little deeper. We dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper. We're not saying we dig very deep. <laughs> <laughs> we just dig a little deeper. Just a little. Just a little deeper. Acts 27 and verses 1 to 3, and it says, when it was decided, and this is Paul. Paul's on his way to Rome. Hmm. Um, to face charges, accusations put against him that are false, but he's on his way to Rome. And uh, it's decided we should sail for Italy. Paul and some other prisoners were handed over to a centurion named Julius who belonged to the Imperial Regiment. And we boarded a ship from Adramatium about to sail for ports along the coast of the province of Asia and we put out to sea. 
Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica, was with us. Obviously all terms from the ancient world. The next day we landed at Sidon and Julius, and I found this so interesting, Julius, in kindness to Paul, allowed him to go to his friends so they might provide for his need. Julius the centurion. The centurion. Yeah. So, you know, just quick observations. This is a difficult season in Paul's life. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, the Apostle Paul, Jesus appears to him on the road to Damascus. He has this powerful encounter. His life is transformed. His mission is transformed. His, his whole purpose in life is reorientated. Mm. And then, you know, after studying and there is some obscurity around Paul's life for a couple of years, but he literally bursts out of the box as a preaching machine and a church planning machine and begins to turn the world upside down with the gospel. That's sort of Paul's story. And then he's arrested. So he goes from traveling all over the world to being arrested, um, becomes a prisoner, um, gets tried in a few kangaroo courts, has to appeal to Caesar just mm. to save his skin, and now he's on his way under guard to the centre of the Roman Empire, which was a very difficult machine in itself. Yeah. You know, it, it would be similar to being sent back to the core of Nazi Germany mm. as an enemy of the state or an accused enemy of the state. Mm. So that is sort of Paul's situation talk about it <laughs> talk about Paul's it predicament. if you want to talk about difficult seasons i'm telling you it's not wearing a mask yeah, no. okay <laughs> and so um and the beauty of course did you have to check in on the prisoners <laughs> <laughs> but um uh you know the thing was with paul he was determined to use it for god's purposes Mm. So it's a difficult season, but Paul is not about to just surrender. And when you think about that, that's a pattern we see in, a, in Scripture again and again and again. Mm. So whenever we're in difficult circumstances, the temptations to disengage, the temptation is to call it out and say, this sucks and I want nothing to do with it. Instead, you see Paul in the middle of a difficult situation, determined to look for the purpose of God in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he actually says, I must preach the gospel at Rome also. This, mm. this that happened, you know, before his arrest. So, um, yeah, Paul is in difficult circumstances and he's with a difficult person. Yeah. Difficult person being Julius. <laughs> Julius. I mean, it rolls off our tongue, Julius the Zedgerian. Yeah, but you've got to think about this. This guy's being a centurion. He was a professional, a professional soldier. They were the, the most common and the first level of professional soldier in the Roman army, which relied a lot on conscripts, a lot on press ganged people, volunteers, etc. And so this guy's a professional soldier in the first century. He's no stranger to the brutality of war mm. because Rome was continuously at war. He. His role was in the army, within the army, his primary role was discipline. And the army's primary role was basically, if you want to really try and boil it down to a nutshell, was the violent subjugation of indigenous populations. Mm. That's literally what the army's role was. They did, yeah. And that's what they were doing all over the world and had been doing for several hundred years, mm. Imperial Rome. And so you have this verse in the midst of these terrible circumstances, this difficult person Paul's dealing with shows him 
unusual kindness. Yeah. And it's it's interesting how the scripture even puts that word in unusual. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yep, okay. Really? Wait for it, but Paul's getting kindness. Yeah. Um, like we shouldn't have to point this out, but just in case you missed it, that's not normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's reflected by the trust. So, you know, Paul's allowed, you, you go on and read the story where Paul's actually allowed to uh, have his friends meet his needs. Mm. And, of course, you know, as prisoners in those days, man, they did it tough. I guess if they got the scraps off the soldier's table, they were doing well. Yeah. And Julius gives Paul this unusual kindness and and trust, you know, that he's not going to run off, that when the ship goes to sail the next day, Paul's going to turn up at the dock. Uh, Trust is is not the kind of thing that this guy Julius has just given out all over the place. No. You have to earn trust with that kind of person. That's exactly it. And, And this is where scripture invites us to dig a little deeper, mm. to actually stop and meditate and think. Now, that's an, the scripture even says it's unusual. So it's like, okay, I should think stop. Yeah. This is an invitation to think about the story behind the story and what's really going on here. Mm. Um, and so I don't think it was pity, yeah. you know, because you could say, oh, he had pity on Paul. No, 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 no. no. It was kindness and it wasn't pity-based because this guy was had the pity trained out of him. Yeah. He's a professional soldier in the first century, you can't operate with pity and compassion in that environment. And so it... it, And trust doesn't come from pity It doesn't either. You can pity someone, but that doesn't mean that you trust them. Trust comes from respect. Yeah. So there was some level of respect that this Paul had engendered with a difficult person. Mm. So here's Paul making the most of a difficult situation, a difficult season, and he's making the most of his relationship with a difficult person. Mm. And I think we could really, really learn something from that. Yeah, yeah. There's something about Paul that this centurion found strangely compelling, if we put it that way. Yeah. Are you saying if we dig a little deeper, <laughs> this old, old story, this old, old event could actually impact our I th- today? I think so. I think it should. I think that's, isn't that the role of scripture? Yeah. That's why we go to scripture. And people can, well, I think people sometimes struggle, you know, people, particularly outside of faith, of course, it's like, what would the Bible have to say to me? What's that ancient, dusty old book about old stories and stuff? Mm. What could that possibly say to me? And yet anyone who approaches the Bible in faith, approaches scripture in faith because of its, its inspired mm. and its inspirational nature, it breathes into our today. Yeah. It's amazing. The breath of God literally comes into our today's situations through it. And we see that happening here. And, and my observations would, would, would simply be this. You know, what, what does that story tell us? You can win favour in the most difficult situation with the most difficult people. You can find favour. Mm. I hope you want that. Yeah. We should all want that, shouldn't we? You know, because the alternative is to resent and disengage mm. or we look for favour and opportunity. So right here we see Paul, I think, Paul didn't let his own fear. There would have had to have been fear. I'm going to be tried by Imperial Rome. Mm. There's a centurion there with a sword on his hip that's taking me there against my will. Yeah, yeah. So he, but he didn't let fear and the resentment of, hey, you just took control of my life. Mm. You know, so many people have struggled with resentment right now because all of a sudden the government's expected them to check in. 
And of course, there are difficulties around mandates. The government's expected people to get vaccines on you know, certain circumstances. Yes, there is difficulties there. You are being asked to do stuff against your will. The potential for resentment is huge. Yeah. And of course, we've seen that displayed in our society. But, but Paul didn't let fear or resentment disengage him. Mm. Yeah. He didn't disengage. Um, because if he had disengaged, there's no way that he'd have respect or trust from, ex ex from this person. Exactly right. If he'd just checked out and been like every other prisoner. Yeah. And, and so the centurion's definitely someone to be feared um, and certainly someone to be resented. Mm. It's easy to resent your jailer. Um, but he didn't. He engaged him, obviously engaged Julius yeah. personally for Julius to get some sense of respect towards him. And then beyond that, he actually became a compelling person in Julius's life mm. for him to show favour, unusual kindness. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that's, in, that's an incredible scenario unfolding. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's a key for us, part of a key for us. Yeah. You know, not talking badly about people. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine Paul getting respect if he was turning to his fellow prisoners and saying that Julius is an idiot. Yeah. And, you know, and he tre he's treating us really badly. We should knock him on the head. Mm. That's not what the other, you know, obviously not what Julius was picking up from Paul. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so how do you think that looks for us today? I love that thought of, um, of winning favour and, and being compelling. Um, yeah. It's interesting yeah, I think I wonder if sometimes the difficult people in our life, God actually wants to use us to, you know, be a part of their story and their journey. Yeah, absolutely. And if we check out, we actually miss out on that that fruit which we've talked about in in previous episodes—the fruit of and maybe leading someone to Christ. Yeah, yeah, the um, ongoing conversation and journey. Yeah, and, and you know, against the backdrop of really difficult circumstances, I mean. We are all in those difficult circumstances. And if, if you're a person of faith listening to this, I mean, our role is to be light. Mm. And if things get darker, it just gives us the opportunity to shine brighter. The way we do that is by proclaiming hope yeah. and opportunity and exactly what Paul's looking for God's purpose in this rather than resenting things being foisted upon us, yeah. um, but actually looking for the the God opportunities within it. Yeah. And yet that's not, I haven't seen, you know, I've, I've seen the opposite at times. Yeah, yeah. Especially in faith circles where people have actually railed and lifted their fist and, and you know, cried injustice, all of those things. I mean, Paul had the right to do that and you don't see it anywhere in his story, him doing yeah. that. Yeah, I think, like, I mean, makes me think also of like, um, you know, how God, kind of works in all situations. Romans 8, is it? Romans Turning 8, 28. For good. Yeah. It's interesting how sometimes we don't work in all situations. We yeah, shut down yeah. them. Yeah. Instead of saying, look yeah. at this opportunity that's ahead yeah. of me. And yeah. sometimes I suppose, good or bad, the biggest, the biggest um, disruptions in our life often can contain the biggest opportunity. And that's a word for someone right now. Mm. You know, even as you say that, I just, I literally sense what was about to roll off your tongue. Yeah. And it's like, I just think that that's a word for someone right now. Mm, yeah. Can you just repeat that last line? Yeah, I fucking remember it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're, sometimes your biggest disruption, disruption is yeah. actually 
can contain your greatest opportunity. There you go. What's disrupting your world right now? Yeah. And I, I can give an example of it. Yeah. Um, just a practical one. When we were overseas in Taipei, uh, we used to play music on the street, make friends. We weren't exceptionally good at music, but we were loud and fun and, and people would stop and we'd mm. kind of tell them about church, but then actually just try to build a friendship with them. Um, and I remember one night we went to our usual spot and the police came and, and said, you've got to move on. You can't be here. So we were good law-abiding citizens and <laughs> moved about 300 metres up the street and, and kept going. Um, and, and we'd been in this new spot for less than five minutes and in re- out of a restaurant across from us, a group of high schoolers came out, turned to go away from like the opposite direction to where we were, but stopped and had a conversation ended up coming along to church that Friday night, became a, a key part of our church to make decisions to kind of go on a journey of yeah. following Jesus. Yeah. Um, but if we had kind of just given up when the police said you can't be here, mm-hmm. it never would have happened. And yeah, what yeah. was actually a, a disruption and an annoyance and a frustration, we had to pack up and we had to move and, yeah. you know, we haven't even been here that long or it's kind of getting close to where we should be kind of yeah. finishing yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and I think that just goes so much broader. Yeah, option. yeah. Often God uses those di- disruptions to yeah. realign us with maybe where he wants Ab- us to Absolutely. And it's not that God does it. I mean, but God can use it. Use it, yeah. And I That's think, an important and, distinction. And obviously, look, for some people, it's really hard to see that because the impact of some of these difficult circumstances and times and difficult people on their lives have been so extreme mm. that, you know, there's nothing to salvage. And I think as human beings, we all experience that. It's not like, hey, just believe for good things and everything yeah, will get better. Yeah, no. But as a general rule, mm-hmm. we should always be looking for what's God doing in this? What's, where's God at work in this? And, and what can I you know, believe for? Because when you're moving in faith in that way, you know, so for example, when you determined to rein in a bad attitude. Mm. I'm feeling really resentful and really angry. I could get really angry. I could get really cranky right now. I just want to explode. And you rein that in and you go, no, actually, I can practice self-control. I'm under the power of the Holy Spirit. God has not given me a spirit of fear. And I determined to face this with confidence, with faith, believing for the best. Mm. It's just amazing how often you find the best. Yeah. Now, you don't always, but it's just amazing how, how that raises the, the percentage of good days you tend to have. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's what I'm saying. How do you, in, rather than pull back, disengage, be resentful, which is our natural response to difficult times and difficult people, is actually leaning in and looking for the God opportunity. Do you find when you lean in, I mean, if we just look at difficult people for an example, when you lean in and you engage the conversation, do you find there's often maybe a story behind the story that's presenting. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we've got to just realise that we're in control, no matter who's in control. Mm. It, even if the only thing you control is your response. Yeah. So like Viktor Frankl, you know, famous, wrote a little book. It's a brilliant little book on his time in the concentration camp. And so he was in a, a Nazi concentration camp, Second World War. And in one little part in that book, he sort of attributes part of his survival and those that he observed as they didn't, they never allowed their response to be taken from them. Mm -hmm. They always decided that the one thing that couldn't be stripped away from them was their ability to choose how they responded to their captors. Mm. 
And that was sort of the difference between those who survived and those who didn't. And it's a bit more complex than that, but that's a simplification. Mm. Um, and I think that we've always got to have that in mind. I think that's what Paul had in mind. Yeah. That even though Julius was in control, actually Paul's response to Julius was actually controlling the situation. So Julius ends up being kind to Paul um, because of Paul's response toward him. Yeah. And I think no matter what situation we find ourselves in or who we're with, we have to determine how we'll respond and and not just react. Yeah. And I think what we see with Paul is as he dug a little deeper with Julius, obviously. Yeah, obviously, somehow. What he somehow. found was unusual kindness. Yeah. I think you could look at Julius and say, Oh, man. You dig in there, you're On finding, the surface. You're not finding anything. <laughs> no. Nah. But how often, I, like I'm just thinking in my life, there's people with a presenting issue in a sense or a presenting conflict um, or, you know, whatever, something that's just like that frustrates you about them. The reason that they're a difficult person potentially or you find them to be a difficult person we're not talking about bad people here. We're just, no, it yeah. could be a personality yeah, clash yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting how often if you just dig a little deeper and engage in a conversation and maybe come from a perspective of caring about them rather than yeah. what are they going to add to me, you find there's actually a whole lot going on underneath the surface. There could be a whole lot of gold there mm-hmm. or there could even be a need that maybe you can help me. Mm. Um, and that's actually why they're being such a difficult person. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's be insecurity or hurt or whatever it might be. Um, or you might find gold like Paul did. He found Absolutely. unusual yeah, kindness. Yeah. And I can't help but think with Paul that, you know, character was the key. Hmm. If you think about even the broader story of Paul's life, there's some, there's some, you know, simple indicators in this story. But, you know, I think thankfulness would have definitely been part of his approach. Um, and I only say that probably because if you look at this story, once again, Paul is winning his jailer because there's an earlier illustration of this. In Acts chapter 16, you have Paul, you know, once again locked up for his faith, uh, beaten up with Silas. Paul and Silas are beaten up. They're placed in the local jail at Philippi. Um, Their feet are in the stocks. So they're in those horrible old big old wooden things they used Mm. to contain prisoners with. They're in the inner dungeon and at midnight, you know, they're not whinging about their situation. They're actually singing hymns and praising God. Yeah. And all the prisoners are listening to them. It's a really powerful story. I mean, it's convicting mm. when I think about how little it takes for me to whinge yeah. about my circumstances. Yeah, yeah. And so they're in there and they're, they're praising God and God does something supernatural, shakes the jail, the doors spring open, the prisoners are released, and not only them but everyone yeah so there's a real key in that that if you can keep your attitude right and you keep that thankful spirit it affects everyone yeah, around you it, sets, doors for other it can set lots of people free yeah. but then you have the philippian jailer you know coming and saying what what must i do to be made whole and and so paul's paul's got a precedent yeah that's why i'm saying like even though it, this story doesn't go into depth about what must have affected Julius, we just see the result. I'm willing to bet. Yeah, we've seen him in similar We've seen him in action. Before. We've seen yeah. him in action, you know. Yeah. And so I would then tend to think that thankfulness, a, a great thankful spirit was part of it. So there's a key mm. to engaging difficult times. Uh, integrity, we've already talked about with the trust factor. I think that there's no way in the world Paul would have entrusted his 
uh, sorry, that Julius would have entrusted Paul's friends to come, possibly take him down to the market, get him a fresh pair of shoes or whatever they did. Yeah, yeah. He's not going to do that without a sense of integrity mm. about Paul and I think definitely faith because I think faith is a character issue. Yeah. And a faithful outlook, you know, um, obviously Paul exercised that later on in this very story. The ship gets in a storm. It's going to be shipwrecked. And it's Paul that stand there encouraging the centurion. You know, the other soldiers had lost the plot and they just want to kill all the prisoners so they don't have to answer to Rome for yeah, them. Yeah. And Paul's the one standing there saying, we'll all be fine. We'll come through the storm. God's shown me that he's got a plan in this and we will all survive as long as we don't abandon ship separately, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's exactly what happened. And so there's this faith element in Paul that I think you know, it reassured Julius. Mm. And so, wow, just think about that. If we were engaging our community in difficult seasons, different, difficult times, in thankfulness, um, with integrity, being bright and shining lights mm. in a dark space, um, having faith to believe. Mm. Because, you know, for Paul, it ends up, I, mean, I love how this story ends up. Um, he ends up in Rome Right at the end of the book of Acts, in Acts 28, there's these two verses about where Paul, how Paul ended up. Now, this isn't the full story because there's a change of Caesars and Paul yeah, loses yeah. his head eventually. But it says here, for two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God, taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. And I look at that and I can't help but think, I wonder if when they got to Rome, it was probably just the testimony of Julius yeah. that had Paul being able to rent his own place mm. while he's waiting for a trial with Caesar. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. Yeah, that's, that's a big deal. To rent your own place while you do that. And here's Paul getting to preach Jesus in his own rented space. Mm. And I, I can't help but wonder if that didn't go back to how he chose to engage difficult times mm. and difficult people. Yeah. He didn't lose the plot. He didn't just become another whinging prisoner mm. of his circumstances. He actually embraced it, attacked his, his circumstances, believing the purpose of God was in it, that, that he could be thankful in the midst of it. He exercised integrity in it. He released faith in it. And to me, how do we... How do we engage difficult times and difficult people? Because non-engagement's not an option. That might work for a little season for you, but yeah. becoming a hermit is not going to work for you. We are gregarious uh, creatures as human beings. Um, you know, disengagement to me is only going to end in depression and mm. discouragement. Yeah. So at some point we have to choose to engage, and and I think Paul shows us how. Yeah. This ancient man of God in the most difficult of circumstances shows us how to do it. Yeah. Shows us how in a time 2,000 years later where we're talking about global pandemics and all kinds of craziness. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And, and so for us, you know, it, it should raise some questions like in this last season, is there anyone that I've cut off through fear or resentment mm. that I actually need to re-engage? Yeah. Is there someone in my world you know, or maybe even circumstances, situations, might be family circumstances. Is there someone that I've just put in the too hard basket that actually 
you know, with a bit of faith and thankfulness and a different spirit, I could approach it and actually re-engage and, and go on the journey. Because some of these people, maybe we haven't even, it's, it's not about we've cut them off. It's just we've stopped engaging. Yeah. Some people we can't cut out of your yeah. life completely. But, no. you know, if I engage with them, it's going to be frustrating or annoying. Yeah. Maybe it's time to, to re-engage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I think another great question is what's this season revealed about my character? Mm. You know, like it's, it's funny but tough times, they don't change us. They just reveal who we always are. Wow. And I think most things are like that. I think it's been well said of money. You know, money, money doesn't change people. It just reveals who they always were. Mm. And that's why many people who come into a massive inheritance or they win the casket or whatever – Life doesn't necessarily change for them. Yeah. You know, um, so, or it becomes difficult, more worse. difficult yeah. for them, you know, it becomes worse. Not not everyone, but there are, you know, it's a recognised mm. fact. So I think the same with seasons, difficult times, difficult people sort of hold a mirror up to us a bit. Mm. And the question becomes, do I like what I see? Yeah. Or, or should I re- become a bit more like Paul? Or a bit more like ultimately like Christ. Yeah. Because Paul was only saying he was imitating Jesus anyway. Mm. So, you know, when I look in the mirror, difficult times, difficult circumstances, there's some ways I could engage it and there's maybe opportunity for self-reflection. Yeah. To, 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 hey, let's make the most of what actually has been a difficult time. Yeah. And some difficult encounters probably for all of us. Let's make the most of it and use it to grow. Yeah. Because ultimately that is what God really wants to work in us. Yeah. And I think all just, I mean, maybe in, in wrapping up, but um, we don't get a refund for the last two years. No. <laughs> and we don't know what's going to happen the next year. So yeah, yeah, you've got yeah. to live in a way that, hey, I'm actually happy with great. I engage with people. Yeah. Great. You, can't, you don't get to. The pearly gates, quote unquote, and say, "Oh, I just, I'd just like to uh, refund my yeah, yeah. two years of COVID." Exactly right. <laughs> I mean, is it going to be a written-off loss or an investment? Yeah. Your choice, your call. Excellent. Yeah. Hey, well, we've been so stoked to be with you again today. Yeah. I hope it's been helpful, enjoyable. I would love for you to be a part of the conversation. So let us know. Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts? Um, this is not something, again, we don't want to be coming across as this is how you should do all things. No, no. We just want to be a part of starting a conversation and maybe some helpful thoughts along the way. Would love to think that somewhere along the way someone gets helped. Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, hope you have a fantastic rest to the day or whatever you're doing, wherever you're at. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. We will see you later. Hello, everybody. It's Maddie. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And hey, if you did, leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Or email us at digalittledeeper at newhope.org.au. We love to hear from you. And hey, join us next week as Chris and Levi are talking all about God's greenies. Ooh, sounds interesting. Hope you guys have a great week. See you then. Bye.